Seth, Seth, Mark, 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 Seth, Seth and Mark, Mark and Seth, the adventures of Seth and Mark. Good morning, mutants. Welcome to the first edition of The Adventures of Seth and Mark. My name's Seth. And I'm Mark. Get ready to rewind those orange VHS tapes as we are a blast from the past, taking you down that memory lane all the way through all of your favorite 90s memories. This collection that we're going to be doing is primarily going to be on The Adventures of Pete and Pete. Uh, This is something that I did not grow up watching and it's more in tune with seth's childhood because he's a uh, he's a bit older than i am old as dirt old as dirt uh, he's about five years older than i am so even though we both kind of grew up in the 90s he has kind of unique experiences you know that are tied to him and then i have experiences that are unique to me um so we're going to be starting with the adventures of pete and pete breaking it down piece by piece and uh we'll just rock it from there now, Mark, with us being primarily a 90s, early 2000s podcast, when you think about the 90s and early 2000s, what is something that really comes to your head? As weird as this is, the first thing that came to my mind was Mambo Number no. 5, the song. A little bit of Marco in my life. Yeah, that was the first thing Hell that popped yeah. into my mind. But, like, uh, the old Fox cartoons that was, like, X-Men, uh, Spider-Man, uh, the original, like, Batman and Superman cartoons. Um, Ed, Ed, and Eddie, uh, Cartoon Network. Cartoon Network's where Scooby-Doo was, right? Uh, yeah, so Cartoon Network had Scooby-Doo. Um, man, there's so many different shows from then that uh, just... Did it have the big-haired guy? What was his name? Uh, Johnny Bravo? Yeah. Yeah. Johnny Bravo was the first ever cartoon I watched on Cartoon Network. I remember Johnny and Dexter's Laboratory. Yep. Dexter's Lab was on there. Um, let me think here. What all was some of those original Cartoon Network shows? Uh, Johnny Brought Powerpuff Girls, Samurai Jack. Um, of course, we already said Ed, Ed, and Eddie. That was on Cartoon Network. Um, but you were more of a Nickelodeon guy, right? Absolutely. I grew up, I wasn't a big cartoon fan. I spent a lot of my time outside with my cousins. Luckily, I had a lot of cousins that were my age or a couple years older than me. So we'd always outside hide and seek, freeze tag, dodgeball. We'd be playing in the streets. Um, But if I was to think about TV shows, I definitely would go a little bit towards Rugrats and Hey Arnold. Those are like the only two cartoons I really got into. Watch the crap out of those. Clarissa explains it all. Obviously, the adventures of Pete and Pete, those were live-action shows just hit home with me. Um, But when I think about the 90s, one of the big things I think about, popsicles. Oh, popsicles, yeah. The the ice cream truck, I'd always get the popsicle, Power Ranger popsicle with the gumball eyes. Pretty sure it's a Yellow Ranger all the time. Yeah. But the gumball eyes, popsicles hit home with me. Those those hot summer summer days were... You play outside all day, and then you run inside, grab the popsicle, or you see the ice cream truck, grab the popsicle, and it just like, man, that's a core memory right there. There was no running inside for us because <coughs> my granny made it very clear: keep your ass outside. <laughs> There's no running in and out. You ain't running in and out. Raises my damn electric bill. <laughs> keep stay outside. So we would literally hear the mailman, or excuse me, the ice cream man coming. 
We'd ring the doorbell and knock on our door so our granny could run to the door thinking yeah. something was wrong. Just ask for 50 cents to get a popsicle. I, so. I, I hear you there. My parents would definitely yell at me for running in and out, but I did it anyway. Shout out to all the grannies out there. Shout out to the grannies and all the parents trying to keep your electric bill down, but your kids kept running in and out, mm-hmm. causing your air conditioner to kick back on. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> all right. Now, now that we've gotten like all of that hoopla or whatever you want to call it out of the way, the year is 1993. What November. Year. What a good year. November 28th, 1993 to be exact. So we're coming out of summer. It's now fall. We're actually getting ready for some Christmas time. Seth, what were some of the top movies and music of this time? Really set the tone for us, if you will. All right. Picture this. Sicily, 1993. Actually, Kentucky. So... <laughs> Top movies in 1993 that I was looking into. The Three Musketeers came out. I've never seen The Three Musketeers. I made a hell of a lot of the candy bars of Three Musketeers, but I've never seen the movie. Um, a couple other movies that came out. Adam's Family Values. A lot of people tell me I don't really have very, very many values, but The Adam's <laughs> Family has quite a few. And then we have Mrs. Doubtfire. Solid movie. Can't go wrong with Mrs. Doubtfire. That's a classic movie. <coughs> R.I.P. and Peace to Robbie Williams. You're missed, gone, but not forgotten. Um, I was, Robbie Dubs. <laughs> Robbie Dubs. <laughs> I was looking into some songs. Mark, what would you do for love, really? Because Meatloaf would do anything for love, but he would not do that. That was the number one song in 1993, November of 1993 to be exact. Why did I feel like that song was so much older than that? I would have guaranteed you before I looked it up, that song had to be in like the early to mid 80s. Yeah, I thought so too. Some of the games that were released in November of 93, I'm not a big gaming person, never have been, but I do recall watching my brother play quite a few games. Um, Mortal Kombat 2 for the arcade like the what are those called the arcade cabinets yeah the yeah arcade. solid mortal kombat 2 we'd play non-stop uh well my brother would i'll just watch and watch he would never give me a turn <laughs> for sega genesis we had did disney's aladdin oh that game's solid i just so i know nothing about aladdin <laughs> i just watched it for the first time like right before the newest movie came out really just because i'm a will smith fan and I knew he went to Miami. I wanted to go to Miami. I knew he was a man in black. I wanted to be a man in black. So I was trying to do my research on how to become a genie. It really didn't work out for me. No, it doesn't sound like it. And then uh, that's really it. That's all I have for you from the November 93. Okay, okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, please take a seat. Come. As you are. (laughs) As you are. And listen... As we relive November 28th, 1993, we've just sat down, popped on the TV, and a brand new show is airing its first episode, The Adventures of Pete and Pete.
So as we've discussed before, the first episode of The Adventures of Pete and Pete is called The Adventures of Pete and Pete, King of Road. So the episode opens with Big Pete, which is uh, the big brother. There's a whole lot of stuff that will need to be explained with context, but I don't know if we can really... If you've never seen the show before, uh, do yourself a favor, sit down, Take some time and watch it. It's all available on YouTube. Watch it with us. Watch it with us. Big Pete's played by <laughs> Michael C. Morona. Um, I don't know him in anything other than Pete and Pete and Home Alone 1 and 2. That's pretty much all my childhood consisted of. So it's really cool to see him in the show. Little Pete, which is the brother, also was played by Danny Timberelli. You may know Danny Timberelli from The Adventures of Pete and Pete. You may also know him from All That, another Nickelodeon show. He wasn't All That. You may also recognize him from a Nickelodeon game show called Figure It Out, where they do their best to figure out secret talents. So, the first episode opens with Big Pete narrating over the family packing for a road trip. Um, honestly, with the episode airing November 28th, and it looks like, you know, they're packing for a big road trip. It kind of fits because it's, you know, he's narrating over it in past tense. So, obviously, the road trip has already happened. And with the time that the episode airs, it's like, you know, he's reliving that summer core memory. Kind of around the same time that we would be doing the exact same thing, November 28th, right? Man. So, um, just to also cut, Little Pete, who is his brother. Don't ask why there's two brothers named Pete and Little Pete. It is never explained, never will be explained, and we are not about to try to explain it. Uh, Little Pete is working on the car. Now, mind you, Little Pete, how old would you say Little Pete is? 11? I would say Little Pete at this time is probably in the age range of like 9 to 11. 9 to 11. So he is working on the car. He is underneath the car. Um, And just so you know, their dad is King O'Fraud. Yes. Dad tried to get a license plate saying that he was King of Road. But it looks like someone beat him to the punch. So he got a really sweet little license plate that says King O Fraud. King O Fraud. So they're all packed up, ready to go on the road trip. And uh, as they take off, Dad mentions that he knows a shortcut and just proceeds to run over somebody's <laughs> lawn no, for no reason. <laughs> no Fs given. He knows a shortcut. He knows a shortcut. He's already turning the same direction and is just like, I know a shortcut. Runs over the yard and proceeds to go the exact same direction he was already going. Now, there's three rules that the dad lived by when it comes to road trips. Never asking for directions no matter what. Roof stack packing... And making good time on the road. Now, I will tell you, I'm a dad, but I suck at stacking packages. I suck at loading up our trunk. I'm pretty good about never asking for directions. Absolutely. If I don't, if I have to stop and ask for directions, I'd rather just keep driving till we figure it out. It's over. <laughs> and making good time. Yeah. I'm. If I turn the GPS on and it says your destination is 53 minutes away. You bet your ass, I'm going to beat it, and I'm going to be there in 51 minutes. That's just how it works when you're the king of the road. So, after this uh, sweet little rundown here, um, we get the best intro music of any TV show (laughs) that I think was around during this time. As you've heard moments ago. It's the same song. If you ever get the chance to listen to the whole thing, please do. But 
The best part is not just the uh, intro music, it's also um, how the intro graphic is being played. So, in case you didn't know, um, so Pete and Peter Brothers, and they also have a mom and dad, right? Everybody's getting their own thing, right? Everybody. So, it's introducing Pete, it's introducing, or it's introducing Big Pete, it's introducing Little Pete, uh, it's introducing mom and dad. It's also giving a character to mom's cranial plate. So, in case you didn't know, uh, the Pete's, their mother has a metal plate in her head, who is its own character, according to the show. Now, mom's metal plate does come into play quite a few times during the show. Um, you'll see this, Mark, as we go through. Uh, Little Pete has a radio station, and he uses Mom's plate to kind of broadcast the music of the radio station. I mean, as you do, right? That's exactly what you do. I wish my mom had a metal plate in her head. <laughs> I would hang all the Christmas cards of my son on my mom's metal plate with a helmet, with a magnet. With a magnet. That's <laughs> just all stuck there. Uh, Little Pete, who is, as we discussed, 9 to 11 years old, he uh, his tattoo also gets its own like name title, the same as the plate does. Petunia. Don't ask why uh, this nine-year-old has a tattoo of a woman named Petunia. Um, we will not be elaborating further. But I will say, he can make Petunia dance like it's no one's business. He can make Petunia dance like it's nobody's business. Um, so, cut through the intro. Um, now Pete is playing the harmonica with the wind from the car. He is not actually using the harmonica, just playing it through the wind. That's the most Pete and Pete thing. When you think Pete and Pete, you think about a show of two brothers named Pete and Pete, you think, what the hell? Why are they named Pete and Pete? That's weird. This show is made for weird. You got the harmonica. That That's like a... I tried that multiple times as a kid. How he did it, I don't know. Let's give a shout out to little Pete, the best harmonica player in the world. The greatest of all time. Get out of the way, Blues Traveler. Uh, blues who's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, like After we watched the first episode, I told Seth this. The show feels like a fever dream of like Tony Hawk Pro Skater. And I can't remember what the other thing, but it, it like feels like a fever dream of all of the 90s put together. And uh, it's just, it's fantastic. Um, so... Back to what we were saying. Pete's playing the harmonica from the wind uh, from the car. Uh, Mom picks up radio stations with the plate in her head because, naturally, that's what happens. Um, there's also a f- uh, another character, Artie, the world's strongest man. He is the local superhero. You have to get it right. It's Artie. Okay. Strongest man. Strongest man. In the world. In the world. So... You uh, get a brief glimpse of Artie um, while Pete is using, a little Pete, excuse me, is using the tire pressure gauge to measure his farts. I believe he breaks a new record there. I think he does. Now, just a little thing for you to learn about Artie. Artie is little Pete's superhero. Like, he is there for little Pete through everything. The parents are not a fan of Artie whatsoever. And I mean, it's kind of creepy. If I were to catch you as a stranger... And a red and blue singlet speedo thing out with my child. Hanging out with my child. I'd probably question it. I'd probably be real real questioning of what's going on here. Real particular about what was happening. But he's a superhero. Naturally. So, um, another thing to remember is because they're going on a road trip, like all families do, they're going to the Hoover Dam. <clears throat> Dad loves the Hoover Dam. 
I think it's even implied that he prefers the Hoover Dam over his own family. Have you ever been on a road trip with your family? And if so, where have you gone to? Are you asking me? Yeah, I'm asking you. Hell no. I never went on a road trip. We were poor as hell. We didn't go on no road trips. My parents have never taken a vacation. <laughs> well, I think the closest to a road trip I've been on is going to the town over. So, like, a 20-minute drive with my mom. And even then, we didn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I, that's accurate. That I, checks out. I will say, however, when I got married, we took the probably the coolest road trip other than going to the Hoover Dam. Uh, we drove from the town that we live in all the way to Laguna Beach, California. And then from Laguna Beach, California, we drove all the way to Colorado Springs, Colorado. And then we drove home. So, we spent 14 days on the road on this massive honeymoon road trip banging in every state that we could get our get a bed in hell yeah you know just live <laughs> living the dream brother but that's the i can't wait i'm a, I'm a newer dad i have a young one at home that when we grow up or when he grows up we're going on road trips we're going everywhere and guess, that boy everywhere. guess what i'm making good time and i'm not asking for directions so uh, the Peets, at uh, one point, believe that they can fly with their arms out the window. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, this does not work. However, in order to prevent them from uh, being stopped from trying to make the car fly, because, you know, dads have access to the, the back windows, uh, Pete has strategically rewired the car <laughs> to get around the child safety locks for the windows. And Dad is pissed about it. Um. Now, I believe you have a picture of this, Seth, um, because my next note is right after this happens. Uh, they are playing Roadkill Bingo. Yes, Roadkill Bingo for the adventures of Pete and Pete. Some of the things that are on the bingo card, we have a skunk. We have a turtle. We have a deer. We have a snake. We have an armadillo. And we have a crab. I'm pretty sure this show takes place in New Jersey. So maybe you'll see some crabs in New Jersey. But I don't think you'll see any just on the highway. Good Lord, that's a drive, New Jersey, to the Hoover Dam. It's not confirmed as New Jersey, but they say it's the armpit of America. So that makes <laughs> put two and two together. It's yeah, got to be New Jersey. got to be stinky-ass New Jersey. Now, all right, so everybody that watches uh, or listens to our podcast from New Jersey immediately just tuned out and will now be sending us death threats. Shout out to my buddy Bob. Who also lives in New Jersey. Uh, tying into the roadkill bingo because they do hit an animal. Uh, Dad brings up sacrifices and how that animal sacrificed itself so that they could have a great road trip. Uh, My sacrifice. Dad believes sacrifices are everything. <laughs> and without context, that note makes it seem a lot worse than what it is. Um, also... Uh, right after that, and this is also without context. My next note immediately after that is, Dad prevents Little Pete from jumping from the moving car. Um, <clears throat> do you remember why Little Pete was trying to jump out of the car? At this point, I have no idea. I couldn't tell you. I've seen the episode, like, no joke, at least 30 times in my life, and I couldn't tell you. I'm blacked out on it. Okay. So Little Pete tries to jump out of a moving car, and Dad stops him. Way to go, Dad. But now we get to the true point of this episode, right? Dad is challenged by the evil dad. So the Wrigley's, that's Pete, Pete, mom and dad, 
pull up at like a truck stop because they're making good time. Great time. So dad pulls over. Wrong move. You never want to sacrifice your time on a road trip. Nope. Hit a drive-thru. They pull up to this parking lot. They pull out all their food. They're eating some barbecue sandwiches. You got mom handing out the drinks. And all of a sudden, you see an identical station wagon pull up. Don't think anything about it. And it's the perfect family. Dad gets out. He looks very like... 60s dad, like TV show dad, got a sweater vest on, got a pipe in his mouth. Mom's got her hair all crimped up, looking all cute like a pretty young thing. Then they got uh, two daughters that are almost the same. They look to be the same age as Big Pete and Little Pete. Dad's instantly suspicious. Goes around to every single one of his tires, checks the air pressure, perfect. Perfect. Checks his roof stack packing, perfect. perfect. But then he gets to the front of the car. And this is where stuff really starts to go down. Peep the plate. King of road. Dad has a panic attack. He's rushing everyone, trying to get them to hurry up and get in the car. Meanwhile, you have Big Pete macking on this girl. Oh, he is straight philosophizing, whatever that word is. He is in love. About dams to impress this girl. (laughs) He is in love. Basically, Big Pete's trying to fuck. Plain and simple. I'm pretty sure you put that in your notes. Big Pete's trying to fuck. Big Pete trying to fuck. You know, I actually took that out because it seems weird talking about that with some kids. But anyway. Well, it's 1993. Things are different back then. Pete is certainly uh, philosophizing, or however that word is pronounced, about dams trying to impress this girl he just met 10 minutes ago. Uh, Pete, Big Pete also informs Dad that the uh, evil Dad is also going to the Dad. Uh, also going to the dam, excuse me. The damn dad. Which uh, causes his dad to proceed to leave Big Pete behind. Just literally drove over a parking spot, like a, one of those little blocks that stop you from going forward, drove through a field, and left Big Pete just standing. Just standing. So uh, as the scene fades and we you know, fade into a new scene, Big Pete is now in the car. We have no idea how he got there. And little Pete is drying his tongue out in protest to Dad's behavior. You ever dry your tongue out? Yes, quite frequently. In protest to behaviors. It's one of my favorite things to do, really. Just stand in front of the fan. Uh, and so, you know, your your tongue's dry. Is that what you were doing? Yeah. Sorry. Checks out. Um, Big Pete is trying to rhyme cinnamon with where you been. Um, he's writing poetry on the car about his lost love. You know, that girl that he met for all of 10 minutes. It's really beautiful. Um, they stop because little Pete needs to pee. Um, mother needs a rain dance ritual to find the perfect place to pee and requires a flare gun to return to the car. Um, big Pete, big Pete's heart is ready to disintegrate after talking to the girl for 10 minutes. Uh, Dad refuses to help save a man from a garage door. (laughs) Everyone is mad at Dad. I remember when I met you, I was in love in 10 minutes. Yeah, checks out. I knew that you'd be the one to make this podcast the dream come to reality. Hell yeah, brother. Fucking sick. Um, Little does does anyone know, it is actually Little Pete with a garage door opener and that the man is now probably dead. R.I.P. in peace, garage door man. Dad takes a... uh, Oh, what's it called? A survey of everyone riding, and they all admit that they want to ride with Evil Dad. Uh, Little Pete wants uh, Dad to race the evil family, and Dad gets lost. 
I will say, <coughs> Evil Dad looks like he would have a really good AC unit in his uh, station wagon. Oh, yeah. I bet I, the thing's crisp. I cool. bet it's nice and cold. You know, have you ever watched The Terminator? Yeah. Uh, it's not the same actor, uh, but Evil Dad looks like... The cop? Yeah, from Terminator 2. Oh, yeah. I said the same thing. Well, I can see Evil Dad having a really nice, crisp AC, but I can also see him having really crappy music. And Dad, Big Pete and Little Pete's dad, Mr. Wrigley, I could really see him with the bangers. I'm talking probably like some Nirvana on low, maybe some Sheryl Crow on low, maybe a little bit of like, heck, I don't know, some Polaris, because that's the band for the show. Maybe on low, just cruising down the radio or cruising down the road with the radio on low. I think I'd rather ride with with Dad over Evil Dad. You know, I could really see Mr. Wrigley bumping some NWA, cruising <laughs> down the street in his station wagon six foot. I can see that. Okay, yeah. Now I'm definitely riding with him. That's what I'm saying. So anyway, Dad gets lost. He loses three hubcaps in a wheel <laughs> and proceeds to park on the curb while his car is also still in the road. Um, Little Pete needs to pee again and proceeds to do so in a random person's backyard. Um, This was discussed earlier in the episode about how uh, the electricity when you're near the Hoover Dam sounds different. So while Little Pete is peeing in a random person's backyard, Dad triangulates the family's location (laughs) by the sound of the electricity. Uh, He discovers that they are near the Hoover Dam, tells the entire family, says, hey, it's time to go. We're near the Hoover Dam. We're going to make up lost time. Uh, everybody takes off. This is the first time I've noticed. Um, the dad doesn't wear a seatbelt. Now, you said that you believe he does. I need to rewatch the episode just to be sure, but definitely during this part, he was not wearing his seatbelt. Yeah, he definitely took the seatbelt off because he knew it was time to rock and roll. It's time to rock. And you can't drive fast while wearing a seatbelt. No, you can't. And you got to... You got to keep all hands in the vehicle. Keep your seatbelt off because everyone knows if you're trying to beat someone there, that seatbelt's just going to slow you down. That seatbelt, yeah, it's just going to slow you down. So, um, all of a sudden, they come side by side with the evil family. Um, And it's on. It's on like Donkey Kong for title of King of the Road. Um, And the only way that you could possibly solve something like that is a luggage stacking competition while the car is moving. I'm just saying I'd lose. I guarantee I'd lose. I suck at that. And that's why you'll never be king of the road. I will be king of the road. So mom de- demands. She doesn't She doesn't ask. She doesn't plead. She demands that Mr. Wrigley crush evil dad. So the dads do battle and some sexy-ass <laughs> jazz plays in the background. <laughs> I don't know why I wrote it down like that. You have Big Pete... Hand and dad stuff. They're stacking suitcases on suitcases. They're stacking lunchboxes on lunchboxes. They're stacking uh, coolers on top of coolers. Socks, underwear. Sock. Well, before you get there, you think all hope's lost. Oh, you're correct. You think all hope's lost because the evil family, the perfect family, really, well, they beat the Wrigley's. They do. And all of a sudden... You see Big Pete start taking off his clothes. Big Pete has discovered what family truly means and proceeds to strip naked. Proceeds to strip naked, tells his dad, come on, dad, we got to do this. 
We got to do this for the family. Little Pete hits the line of the night for me. Come on, Dad. We are mutants. We're mutants. Takes off his clothes. Everyone in the car gets butt naked. I'm pretty sure Mom even gets butt naked. That's that's an interesting concept. (laughs) Everybody ends up naked. And what finally helps is they have a little, like, blue action figure that they stack on top of the clothes. And that right there is what passes up the height of the stack of of goodies that the perfect family has, causing the Wrigley's to win. And due to the Wrigley's winning, due to Dad winning, Evil Dad loses his license plate due to naked superiority. So, finally, Pete and Pete's dad, Mr. Wrigley, gets the King of Road license plate. And, as always, elbows speak to confidence. Every member of the Wrigley family has their elbows prominently out to show confidence. And that is the end of episode one of the adventures of Pete and Pete, King of Road. Mark, what are your thoughts on the first episode that you got to watch? I loved it. This is my first experience with uh, Pete and Pete. And like I said earlier, it's like a fever dream of everything 90s and Tony Hawk Pro Skater. And it just felt right. Like the vibe and everything felt fantastic. And, you know, watching that show kind of took me back to like when I was a kid because so much of it you can relate to the same viewpoints that a kid would have about certain things and whenever Big Pete is narrating the entirety of it right I'm kind of like it's hard to explain Big Pete is narrating his experience on his summer road trip but he's narrating it the same way that a kid his age would and with all of the dramatic fanatization of what would happen, right? So it's really an average road trip seen from the perspective of a kid that just makes it that much more exciting. And uh, it's just, it's a unique experience. It's a trip. And anybody that hasn't watched that show really needs to take the time to at least watch the first episode and get a feel for it and see if it's, you know, up your alley. Because you're missing out. You're missing out on something that uh, I think is a, was a really magical show that they kind of tapped into. One of the things that, you know, Pete and Pete started in 93, so I was way too young to really remember when it was brand new. But watching the reruns, like I said, I've watched probably every episode a solid 25 to 30 times, if not more. Just because it's, I feel like it's where I, I stem a lot of my personality from is the weirdness of the show. Yeah. But the music... The camera angles, the camera filters, when we get to the summer episodes, you'll see, like, they have these weird filters on that just make the make it look hot. Yeah. Like, uncomfortably warm. And they could literally be in 60-degree weather, but the camera, ang- or the camera filters just make it look miserable outside. Yeah. It's just, for me, it's a show that didn't get enough appreciation, and I, I do feel like people should give it a chance and watch it it may not be the cup of tea for everyone but it definitely is the cup of tea for some people um they're still doing comic cons and conventions they actually have a podcast called the adventures of uh danny and mike or mike and danny yeah that's uh like i said michael c morona and danny timberelli so you get that a shout out 
because, like I said, they impacted a lot of my life. So this has been the first episode of The Adventures of Pete and Pete. We'll be back with another episode. We'll be back with another episode probably in a couple of weeks. Episode that we'll be listening, or excuse me, watching and reviewing is called Day of the Dot. It's episode two of season one. If you want to watch on YouTube, the best thing to do, type in The Adventures of Pete and Pete season one. You'll get a whole like uh, folder of the episodes. You can't beat it. It's a great watch. You can watch along with us as we review each episode. Uh, until the next time, my name's Seth. And I'm Mark. Be kind. This has been a 90s Rewind.